Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Dory Clark. Uh, she is a uh, marketing strategy consultant, professional speaker, uh, a teacher at the Duke University Fuqua School of Business, and author of two books. Her most recent one is called Entrepreneurial You, and she also did a book called Reinventing You. Welcome to the show, Dory. Jordan, thanks so much for having me. Let's just start briefly with your uh, story and how you got to where you are to do these books. Yeah, absolutely. I actually started my career as a journalist, and I expected I would probably do that my whole life. But it turned out that I got laid off on Monday, September 10th, 2001, and had to go look for a job after that, which obviously was not uh, the best time in the world to be looking for a job. Um, America was traumatized, and the least of anybody's problems was an out-of-work journalist. And so it, it really hammered home for me the importance of having multiple income streams, not necessarily being uh, dependent on an employer, and uh, the importance of, of being able to adapt and think entrepreneurially. And that started me on my journey that led me to write uh, several books, the latest of which is Entrepreneurial You. That's quite a, a, a lot of journalists probably are not kind of an entrepreneurial mode. They're kind of used to working for a particular organization and not being entrepreneurial. How, how did you make that transition? Well, interestingly, uh, one of the the sort of transitional jobs that I had was working as a nonprofit executive director. And it was during the time that I did that, for about a year I had been a nonprofit ED, that I, I really realized, oh, you know, running a nonprofit is the exact same thing as running a business. It, 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 for some reason, never occurred to me before. But of course, uh, just because it's it's intended not for profit doesn't mean that uh, that you run a, a a bad business. You you actually have to uh, to do well and earn enough of a profit to be running the business and keeping it going. Um, so I I realized oh. All this while, I have essentially been running a business. I hadn't thought of it that way. But then it occurred to me, I could actually do this for myself. And so I spent the next year really trying to train myself. I, I had never taken any business classes. I uh, had been a philosophy major as an undergrad and a theology student in graduate school. Uh, so I was uh, taking courses at the local adult ed center. I was reading library books to try to get myself up to speed. But after about a year of doing that, I launched my own business, uh, which was now 11 years ago. So your your general mission is to help people who kind of are in employee mode to become entrepreneurs. Before we get into the details of that, what does it take kind of psychologically to make that switch from being an employee to kind of running your own business? Well, I, I think, first of all, I'll mention that um, it's not necessarily about convincing people to to leave their jobs. I think that in many ways, it's kind of a mindset shift more than anything. And so even if you have a, a day job that you love, that you want to stay into uh, forever, I think that's great. Um, but I think that what we need to do is realize that 
there's nothing in this world that's really that certain. And so even if you love that day job, just recognize it's good to have options and it's good to create a side income stream for yourself so that you have more possibilities out there. Um, But certainly for people who do become entrepreneurs, um, this is this is really about understanding that where the true security is, it's not in an employer relationship. Those, those contracts have been, you know, sort of implicit contracts have been broken long ago. Where security comes from is you being flexible and adaptable, keeping your skills up to date, and uh, understanding that the more income streams you have, the safer you are. You want to have a lot of, uh, a lot of legs on your table so that if one happens to get knocked over, uh, the, the table doesn't fall, you're able to, uh, to still be secure. Now, some would say this is the golden moment of entrepreneurship, that people can start businesses more easily before because of the internet. Some would say it's a terrible time. The big companies are kind of taking everything over. It's making it harder for small individuals to get financing and so on. What, what do you think of this as far as the time for being an entrepreneur? I'm. I'm in the. It's a great time for entrepreneurship uh, school. I mean, I think whenever we look at almost anything, um, we might say, "Well, you know, geez, I wish. I wish I had been uh, there in the vanguard." You know, I. I started blogging. Uh, very seriously in 2010, which now, you know, seven years later, people say, oh, but you had this huge advantage. There's all this white space, you know, blogging in 2010. Well, at that time in 2010, everybody was was shaking their fist to the sky saying, why didn't I do this in 2003? Everybody got the head start in 2003. Um, these, these things are all growing. The best time to start is now. And the truth is, when it comes to financing, uh, actually the best thing about being an entrepreneur now as compared to the past is that you require basically no money. I mean, what what has really transformed the landscape for entrepreneurship is that um, in the past, things that cost a huge amount of money, even just, just to get things running, um, you know, space, uh, you know, s- servers and things like that, you know, cost a lot of money. They were fixed costs that were extremely expensive. Now, thanks to Amazon Web Services and other things, um, you can you can just be ratcheting that up tomorrow. You can rent it. You don't have to buy it. Um, it's extra- Companies are able to be extraordinarily lean. You do not have to have uh, financing. You can just get started tomorrow, and uh, and that's incredibly effective and incredibly powerful. Now, you're saying the basic way for somebody to become a successful entrepreneur in this kind of online world is to create a brand, uh, have an identity, have some expertise that you develop a following and ultimately are able to sell it in many different ways. Is that the basic concept behind what you're looking for? That that is uh, really the audience that I'm speaking to in a lot of ways. Uh, certainly, of course, there's uh, there's people who are planning to do traditional uh, startups, you know, like an app or something like that. But uh, Entrepreneurial You, my book, is geared more to professionals that want to build a, a brand around their identity. Maybe they're a service provider of some sort, or there could they could be a business owner that recognizes, a la Richard Branson, that the value of their business goes up when their personal brand value goes up as well. So that's the beginning of your book is building your brand is is part one. So is the first part just kind of seeing what your brand is? If if it's not already there, how to create a brand out of what you are? How does that process work? 
Yeah. So, so ultimately, um, many people ask, you know, how do I know what you know what I want to do, what I want my brand to be, and uh, and so they they often don't get started because they feel like, well, I haven't got it figured out yet, so I'm not really ready. And what I would encourage people to do instead is to start with a general area that you are interested in. You know, maybe it's finance, maybe it's startups, maybe it's real estate, you know, whatever it is, you don't have to have your unique thing figured out in the beginning. Um, That's actually asking way too much. All you need is a general area of interest. And then you can essentially start creating content around that as a vehicle for you learning. Um, For instance, if real estate was the area that you were really passionate about, you could, for instance, start a blog where you were interviewing local luminaries in the real estate community. And by doing that, you're learning, you're networking, you're also building a name for yourself as a high quality content purveyor. So it's it's a win all around and it buys you time to develop your unique uh, thesis that you're later gonna advance as part of your brand. And one of the tools you offer to help people figure this out is the self-assessment app. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that and how people can get it. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, For every book that I've written, I actually have created a, a complimentary self-assessment that goes with it to, to really help people dive into how to apply the concepts to themselves. And so um, in my book, Stand Out, which is about how to build your brand as a recognized expert, uh, I have a self-assessment that actually walks you through these these questions to think about, um, you know, what what is your unique message and how do you build a following around it? And if people are interested, they can get that for free at doryclark.com. It's D-O-R-I-E-C-L-A-R-K.com slash join, J-O-I-N. And for folks who are interested in uh, the assessment related to my new book, Entrepreneurial You, which is about how you can create multiple streams of income in your business, uh, that self-assessment is available for free at doryclark.com slash entrepreneur. And what comes out, you you answer these 58 questions, whatever it is, what comes out of that in the end that you can then apply to your own life? Well, ultimately, it's about uh, it's about self knowledge and kind of asking asking yourself, taking a taking a hard look at uh, some of the elements of your business. So, for instance, with the entrepreneurial you self assessment, uh, the first the first question is to really think about well, you know, what are the ways that you're making money in your business now? And sometimes it's just it's just one thing. For instance, I when I started my business, it was uh, just marketing strategy consulting. I did marketing plans for companies. That was really it. Um, but then you begin to think, well, what are the things that I that I could potentially monetize? And so it kind of walks you through some options to see uh, what you're interested in. You know, do, is, is podcasting appealing? Or do you currently have an email list? If so, how are you using the email list? Um, so it, it kind of walks you down different pathways to see what resources you have available to you now, uh, where your interest is peaked, and, uh, and enables you to make smart choices about where you can invest to get the biggest return. What a lot of people say getting into this is the field seems so crowded. There's so many podcasts, there's so many experts in every area, there's no room for me anymore. How do you know if there's room for you with what you have to offer that's different than everybody else? 
You know, I have, uh, Jordan, a favorite statistic from my book, Entrepreneurial You. I thought this was incredible. It's by a researcher named Josh Morgan. Uh, in 2015, he did a 10-year longitudinal study of podcasts, showed that there are, t- at the time, there's even more now, but at the time, there were 206,000 podcasts. Huge number. You'd look at that and say, oh my gosh, I could never compete. Why should I bother? But he, you dig beneath the surface, and what he realized is that the average podcast only exists for 12 episodes before its creators quit. If you persevere, if you actually are, you know, keep keep it up, you keep up your skills, you're good, and you persevere, that actually puts you so far ahead of the rest of the competition that uh, you don't need to worry about those vast numbers. You you will endure. I did, yeah, I've been doing this Money Answer show for 10 years now, and we've got over 800 segments at this point, so I agree perseverance is a good idea. Living proof. <laughs> We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Dory Clark. She's a marketing strategy consultant, professional speaker. She teaches at the Duke University Fuqua School of Business. Uh, her latest book is called uh, Entrepreneurial You, and you can find out more about her at her website, which is doryclark.com, spelled D-O-R-I-E, clark.com. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Dory Clark. She's a marketing strategy consultant, professional speaker, a teacher at the Duke University Fuqua School of Business, and her latest book is called Entrepreneurial You, and you can find out more at her website, doryclark.com, spelled D-O-R-I-E. Welcome back to the show, Dory. Thank you, Jordan. Good to be here. So we're in the beginning part about establishing your brand, and you say it's important to become a trusted source. How does one become a trusted source, which kind of ultimately gives you the brand to uh, start monetizing? 
Well, ultimately, it involves giving a lot of value upfront for free. Um, this is this is why uh, the people who are looking to make a quick buck usually fail pretty fast because people don't don't want to buy from someone that they don't trust. I mean, even even if you think about it on on Amazon or eBay or something like that, you're probably pretty reluctant to to buy something, even you know a five dollar whatever, from somebody that doesn't have any ratings, any reviews. That's a form of trust, and similarly. If you're buying, you know, some high ticket product or service, you really want to know that the person gives good advice, that they're knowledgeable. And so for uh, for professionals, the way that we typically do that is creating content. It could be a radio show or a podcast like this. It could be uh, writing a book or blog posts, doing videos, but it's somehow sharing your knowledge for free in a way that allows people to, to see for themselves that this guy or this gal makes sense. It's the whole concept of what you call social proof, right? So once you have that, uh, people want to come to you for more. You, you give away your best stuff first, and then people want more. Is that the idea? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Because you know we're we're knowledge workers. This is this is all uh, this kind of ineffable stuff, right? If you're if you're a carpenter, uh, it's pretty easy for people to take a look. You know, oh, you know, I like that cabinet. I want you to build one like that for me. But if you are a lawyer, if you're a marketer, if you're a project manager, it's a lot harder for people, especially people outside your field, to be able to evaluate the quality of what you do and creating content that they can. See see and check out, uh, you know, reading that blog post or, or hearing that interview enables them to, to really see if they, if they like and trust you. And then once you've got the social proof, you say you have to maintain a connection with your audience. How do you do that? Well, one of the the best ways, of course, uh, social media gets a lot of ink these days. It gets talked about constantly in the news. I mean, you can't open the newspaper without seeing articles about Facebook or Google or what have you. But uh, uh, ultimately... It, social media is not the best way to reach people. Uh, in 2013, there was a, a just a huge reckoning uh, because Facebook, which had pretty recently gone public, uh, rejiggered their algorithm and they made it far more difficult for uh, for businesses, which many of which had invested significant time and resources in building up uh, well-trafficked fan pages, to reach the people who who had liked them. Uh, to reach their own customers, in in essence, unless they paid advertising fees. And we, in retrospect, should not be surprised by this. Facebook is a company with stakeholders. They want to maximize the returns. So the only relationship that you own is when you have a connection to your customers directly. That is principally through your opt-in email list. Uh, So it's a little less sexy. It gets talked about less often, uh, but it is definitely the best way to continue a relationship with your audience so what do you need to do to get people to opt in to be on your email list because people get so many emails probably some people are reluctant to get on more email lists Absolutely, and so that is that is why the the worst way <laughs> to uh, to get people to sign up for your email list is to say, click here to subscribe to our email list. People read that and they think, oh no, I need that like I need a hole in the head. Uh, so typically, what is considered a best practice is to create something uh, that is known in the industry as a so-called lead magnet, uh, and it is essentially a giveaway of some type, uh, some type of d- digital uh, giveaway. It could be an ebook, it could be a worksheet. 
site. It could be uh, a series of videos, you know, some, something, maybe access to a webinar. And it's, but it's something that's good and desirable. And people say, well, yeah, actually, I would, I would trade my email address for that because that sounds really helpful. And so you use that as an incentive for people to opt into your email list. And, uh, and then, you know, presumably, if once they start getting your emails, they think they are good, uh, then hopefully they will, they will keep up with it and continue to be willing to hear from you. You say it's important to focus and not give people too many choices. So what do you find that you should be focusing on? Yeah, I, a common problem, which um, most of us can immediately think of examples, if we go to a website for you know a business, oftentimes there will just be so much going on on that website. They'll say, oh, click here to follow me on Facebook, click here to follow me on Twitter, here, let's connect on LinkedIn, let's connect on Instagram, oh, you can subscribe to my email list, oh, you can get the RSS feed for the blog. It's just way too much. And so... Uh, studies again and again, you know, researchers like uh, Sheena Iyengar at Columbia, et cetera, have, uh, you know, Barry Schwartz have talked about the so-called paradox of choice, where when people are faced with too many choices, they will often become paralyzed. They can't really decide which is the best thing to do. So they do nothing, which means that you might be asking people to connect with you six different ways. They're probably connecting with you zero different ways. Uh, what is far more effective is to pick one, to pick your preferred channel of choice, I would recommend that it should be driving people to your email list through a opt-in lead magnet and telling them, hey guys, if you want to learn more, do this. So we let's say we've established our credibility and our social proof and our brand now. Now, the next part of your book is monetizing your expertise. And you say at the beginning, it takes courage to monetize. Why would it take courage to monetize? That's what this is all about. <laughs> yes, you'd, you'd think, right? Uh, but but I'm sure that, that many of us have, uh, if, if we have tried to sell, have probably encountered some of these difficulties because, frankly, uh, selling is um, it's kind of an, an emotional thing. Um, we are oftentimes, if you know, if if we are entrepreneurs, if we are selling, uh, you know, not just like a copy machine that our company told us to sell, but but you know, we're selling like a service, for instance. We are faced with questions like, well, what should I charge? If I charge too much, they're going to get offended. If I charge too little, I'll get resentful and feel bad after a while. Um, how much am I worth? How good am I compared to my competitors? Uh, these are really kind of foundational and philosophical questions. So in a lot of ways, there is courage involved in being able to really make an assessment and say, you know what? I, I am good. I am worth it. I'm going to charge this price. And even if I, I face some blowback, which, you know, oftentimes when you're charging money, you will, um, I'm, I'm going to stand by that pricing. Uh, it, it's difficult, but it is essential if you want to be successful over the long term, because you've got to bring money in the door if you want to have a sustainable business. You talk about overcoming resistance to higher prices or to price you're charging. How do you overcome resistance? Well, in terms of uh, in terms of customers, uh, if they are pushing back or something like that, there's there's a few uh, possibilities here. One is that 
you may you may indeed have overshot, uh, and you've got to look at why why that would be the case. So, for instance, um, one challenge that some people have early on, I know I certainly did, was that I just didn't understand a lot about how the market worked. Um, so it's really important to get a sense of what standard pricing actually is. Um, you can often do this if you cultivate friends in the industry so that you can talk honestly and openly about what people really do charge. Um, this is especially good if you join like online communities or something like that. Um, sometimes people will feel a little less hesitant to share pricing information with somebody across the country as compared to their competitor next door. Um, but you can begin to get a feel for the market that way to make sure you're actually charging something that's logical. Um, another thing to look at and this, this is really the key which can give you the confidence to charge more later on, is understanding that with each additional laurel that you accrue, your ability to successfully charge higher prices increases. Um, so essentially, you know, higher prices in a lot of ways, it's, it's, kind, of, uh, it's kind of a mark of quality, but, but really it's, it's almost the customer buying security, right? It's the customer saying, you know what? I don't want to cut corners. I don't want to take chances. I just want to buy the best thing that I know is going to work. And so if you are able to accrue additional social proof that will convince a customer, yeah, this is this is definitely going to work. This person has been vetted. Then you can charge more. So things like that might be, let's say, starting to write for a prominent publication, uh, publishing a book. Maybe you have landed a marquee client that is impressive when people hear about it. Uh, maybe you've taken on a, a leadership role in the community or in a professional association. These are all things that can be very helpful, both with social proof and with essentially qualifying you to be able to charge higher prices. The higher prices is kind of a validation to you as well that you're worth it if you can, if you can get people to pay for it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the next thing you say is in, in the monetization is to become a coach or consultant is a good way to go. How do you know when that's going to be right for you to be a coach or consultant? Well, you know, I think the, the best way, honestly, is to, uh, is to try it out because it's, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty low risk thing, right? You don't have to put a lot of money into, uh, into starting out. It's not like there's, uh, there's huge startup costs. Pretty much it's, it's your laptop. That's about it. And I would certainly suggest starting with friends um, and even starting for free. I mean, obviously, you're not going to stay at free for, <laughs> for a long time. But early on, the things you want to test are do you like it? Is it fun for you? Uh, do you feel like you're good at it? Those are things that are really good to test with the people closest to you. And you can say, hey, you know, I'm thinking of starting a coaching business. I, um, I'd love to give you, uh, let's say, six sessions for free. And if you like it, maybe you'd be willing to do a testimonial and, and make some referrals. That That is, if, if in fact they, they trust you and your skills, that's an offer that, that almost anyone would want to take up. And it gives you an early sense of whether it's actually a good fit for you. And then once you've done that, you can take those testimonials and then start charging is the idea. Because you, exactly. you know you like it and you've got social proof that you can use for others. Precisely. That's right. Because no one, no one wants to pay you money to be their guinea pig. But yes. if you've gotten good results, then that gives them the confidence to say, all right, I'll try it out. And then you said to systematize your approach. So what do you mean that, that once you've got things rolling on the consulting front? Yeah, so uh, so systematizing your your approach, uh, in many ways, it's about um, making a, a a transition a bit later on uh, into getting more 
means of passive income. So coaching and consulting are fabulous, but ultimately they are uh, trading time for dollars. And so I suggest for professionals that really want to optimize their revenue mix that 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 should be a piece of it. It's certainly a gratifying thing to do. It can be lucrative, but it's good to mix it up with ways that you can uh, leverage yourself by perhaps doing online activities, you know, the kind of proverbial make money while you sleep uh, and uh, things like online courses or online communities can be very helpful here. Very good. We're going to take another break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Dory Clark. She's a marketing strategy consultant, professional speaker, teacher at the Duke University Fuqua School of Business. Her latest book is called uh, Entrepreneurial You, and you can find out more at her website, doryclark.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour, Dory Clark, is a marketing strategy consultant professional speaker. She teaches at the Duke University Fuqua School of Business and has come out with a new book called Entrepreneurial You. Uh, She's got a self-assessment tool as well, and you can find out more at her website, doryclark.com. Welcome back to the show, Dory. Hey, Jordan. Thanks very much. So we're talking about monetizing. Now that you've established yourself as a a presence, uh, you've got social proof, monetizing it. You say one of the things you can do is generate revenue with a premium offering. So this is once you've got an established and you start to charge something, how do you move it up to a, a higher-priced premium offering? Well, one of the, the best ways of, of doing this and, and creating a, a premium offering, of course, you have to 
ensure that people in the marketplace think it's justified. Uh, you can't just you know slap a high price on it and assume that that people are going to be wowed because you uh, you have the uh, you know the chutzpah to charge a high price. Um, so in Entrepreneurial U, I actually profile a woman named Selena Sue who did this very well. In her case, she did free work for a while for a couple of people who were celebrities in her industry, and then was able to get testimonials from them, uh, which she put on their web on her website. And when people looked at that and said, oh, you know, these people think that Selena is good, um, it gave her a huge boost of instant credibility and caused a lot of people to want to work with her because she had uh, she had really validated that her approach was successful. So you have great intellectual property. It may be uh, webinars. It could be books, something like that. How can you license that for uh, getting a, a stream of passive income coming into you? Yeah, so licensing is uh, is something that is I, I would call it a, a, a later stage uh, process. It's it's not you know something that I would advise for rookies, but it is something very useful to keep in mind as uh, as something as you're progressing forward. Um, the basic idea with licensing is that you have developed a a methodology that you know so so it's it's a little uh, it's a little advanced in the sense that a lot of times when people are first starting out you know let's say coaching or consulting they're kind of winging. It it's uh, it's sort of bespoke services, but if you've gotten to the point where you've created a, a replicable methodology, where it's like okay, this step, then this step, then this step, here is how it works, and it's something that can be followed by other people, you can codify it. And if you have been able to build up a business that is successful enough on its own that it's it's got a lot of momentum behind it people uh look at you and say oh wow i want you know some of what she's got then licensing can be a good option you can uh train people in that methodology and either have them pay a one-time fee for lifetime licensing or it can be on an annual basis and so one example from entrepreneurial you is i profiled a gentleman named john jantz who is better known as the creator of the duct tape marketing methodology uh that was a best-selling book uh became very popular a lot of people People came to him and said, oh, I, I want to be a duct tape marketing consultant. He hadn't even thought of licensing it, but there was enough interest that he said, hey, why don't I do this? And so he's been able to create a, uh, a very robust community of 100 plus licensed consultants. Have you done that yourself? Have you got a licensing program going yourself? That is actually not one of the uh, the revenue streams that I have, um, but I, I do have eight revenue streams, so I'm slowly working my way through all the stuff that I write about in Entrepreneurial Yale. The next area you talk about is building a speaking practice. So how can you take your social proof and then become a paid speaker and move your fee up over time? So the very best way to get a speaking engagement, if, if you're um, thinking about what can I do as an individual to consciously land one is to get a warm lead to help you out. Uh, because the, the truth is we, you have to get in the head of the buyer. And the person who is organizing a conference is likely being barraged with potential speakers who are saying, pick me, pick me. And uh, over time, they, they just lose interest in the capacity to want to differentiate between these people. So oftentimes they just have a blanket rule, which is essentially, if you're pitching me, I'm not interested in you. So you got to find a way around their defenses. And so one of the best ways is to see if you can get a warm introduction. And one route to this is if you are friends with people 
who have spoken at that event in the past, they can suggest you. That's a great way to do it. Another potential way in is that you might have a connection to someone else at the organization. Uh, you know, if it's an association, for instance, maybe it's a colleague of this person who can recommend you. If you can do that, uh, that is highly effective. Beyond that, I would say the other way that is uh, kind of the gold standard for how to get chosen as a speaker and build a robust speaking practice, ironically, it's not about pitching yourself at all. It's more about making yourself findable uh, by these by these these buyers, these influential folks. And so that is um, creating content around the topics that you wish to speak about. And if you're, for instance, writing articles, you were able to place it in a uh, prominent publication that they then read, they might say, oh my gosh, this topic is exactly what we need at our conference. Let's, let's call her up and hire her. You also talk about mastering outbound marketing. How do you outbound market to uh, meeting planners? Yeah, so the, the first thing that, that's important to note, the caveat here, is that uh, whenever you have uh, outbound marketing, whenever you're trying to sell yourself, the, the success rates are pretty low, right? Uh, so you have to keep that in, in mind, that it can be a frustrating activity, but it can work if you are persistent. Um, so for instance, I profile a guy in Entrepreneurial U named Grant Baldwin, and he talked about his strategy, which I think is, is very impressive. Um, Grant did not have a big name when he started. He did not have a book. He was not well known in his field. He just really wanted to be a speaker. And so he had to hustle. Um, so he said his hit rate for outbound marketing was was probably about one in a hundred. So, you know, extremely discouraging to reach out a hundred times and get one one booking. But that one booking um, really became the, the basis for him for his career. And he has now earned over a million dollars from speaking. He's spoken more than 400 times. Uh, but Essentially, his secret, he realized, number one, uh, early on, you can't really speak at national conventions. You're, you're just not big enough yet for that. But uh, he would reach out to state and regional events, and he would he would create lists for himself of, uh, of people that he would just find online, you know, the organizer for XYZ Association. And he would send them an email, and he'd say, hi, you know, by chance, uh, you know, when are you looking for speakers? You know, when will you be looking at speakers for next year's conference? And so usually that, that's a, a pretty simple question. So they would usually write back to him and they'd say, well, it's going to be sometime in early October. And so at that point, Grant would do something that really set him apart from the rest of people. Because frankly, most people, not that responsible, a little flaky. Grant would create a spreadsheet and he would plug that in. And so this is a long-term process, but he would he would say, okay, I'm going to follow up with that person in early October. So October 1st comes around, he sends a follow-up email, and uh, th that's pretty impressive, you know, for to to say, oh, you know, here's that here's that guy again. He actually did follow up. Um, that uh, that managed to to break through some of their defenses and show him in a a very good possible light. So what kind of places do you speak in these days? So it's a pretty wide variety of, uh, of places that I speak at. Um, I would say that um, some of the, the more recent things that I've done this year, for some reason, I'm on kind of a pharmaceutical kick. So I've spoken for three large pharmaceutical companies uh, for their 
uh, for for different staff events that they're having in conferences. Uh, I just got back um, a few weeks ago from speaking in Louisville, Kentucky for Yum Brands. They're the, the folks who run uh, Taco Bell and Pizza Hut and KFC. Uh, I spoke at, at a talent development event for them. Um, I have some talks coming up. For instance, uh, there's one in Copenhagen for something called Tatar Clubin, which is a uh, which is a, a organization for marketing executives in Denmark. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, so, so these people have found yeah. you through online noticing of you one way or the other. Is that the way it's worked? That's that's correct. Yeah, they've read my books, or you know, some of them have become email subscribers over the years. Many of them have found me through Harvard Business Review articles. But uh, yeah, I I do not. I do not pitch. Uh, these are all as a result of inbound marketing or content creation. That's a good thing. Okay, so we've talked about consulting. We've talked about speaking. The next thing you're talking about is uh, podcasting. So how do you use podcasting as a way to uh, monetize your, your brand? Yeah, so podcasting is uh, certainly a great a great way to do it. Um, sometimes when we talk about content creation, people assume that that means that you have to blog, you have to write, um, and certainly that's a great way to do it. But many people don't think of themselves as good writers, or they just don't enjoy the process. And so I I say, hey, don't force yourself. It's not so much about the vehicle as it is about the uh, the ideas. So podcasting is a fantastic alternative. You could have a, a podcast and, and really use that as a way to share your ideas, to network and connect with people you might not otherwise. Uh, in my case, I don't actually have a podcast of my own, but I do appear on a lot of podcasts. In fact, when I was promoting my last book, Stand Out, in 2015, I appeared on over 160 podcasts between February and October of that year. Uh, so it was really a great channel to be able to, to get out there and expose myself to a new audience. And then blogging and vlogging and doing video blogs, how is that part of the, the process as well? Well, similarly, um, for, for people who aren't necessarily into writing, videos might be a great alternative. Uh, certainly the most famous example is Gary Vaynerchuk, who has become a, a notable person in the social media world. He originally thought about blogging. That was sort of the first thing that popped into his head, but he quickly dismissed it because he realized, you know, I'm not a writer. That's not my thing. But he was, but he was a great talker. He was really good on video. And so he made his name through a series of online videos. Um, so I, I think that's a, a fantastic possibility that people can explore. And in Entrepreneurial U, I actually profile a guy named Antonio Centeno, who runs a, a very successful men's fashion video blog uh, called Real Men, Real Style, that um, at the time I was writing, it had over half a million subscribers that he had built up from scratch. And then you say the next step after that, if you've got a good email list, is to actually get your followers physically together in a conference or something. That, that's pretty advanced by the time you, you get to that level. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And and to clarify, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, in person. Uh, it could you could, for instance, set up a a listserv or a Facebook group or an online community or something like that. But it's it's really just thinking about ways that you can get your followers to connect and interact with one another. Certainly, in person is one possibility, but uh, but online is a, another as well. And then you're charging them for being part of this mastermind or this group. Is that the idea? 
Sometimes. Um, I actually am a believer in having a, a mix of, uh, of possibilities so that people can connect in different ways. So, for instance, I have a, an online course that I teach called Recognized Expert. And for participants of that group, uh, sometimes we'll do free meetups where if I'm traveling to a certain city, I'll let people know and then folks in the course will join and we can you know, gather, have drinks, whatever. Um, but I also have paid workshops that people can come to and we can uh, you know, talk about their business situations for a day and folks pay for those opportunities so it's a combination of paid and unpaid is what you're saying exactly very good we're going to take another break uh, this is jordan goodman of the money answer show my guest this hour is dory clark she's a marketing strategy consultant a professional speaker uh, she teaches at the duke university fuqua school of business her latest book is called entrepreneurial you and you can find out more at her website doryclark.com we'll be back after this From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour, Dory Clark, is a marketing strategy consultant. She teaches at Duke University's Fuqua School of Business. Uh, she's got a self-assessment on her website, which is doryclark.com. Welcome back to the show, Dory. Thank you, Jordan. Great to talk with you. Before we go back to the book, what do you do at uh, Duke University? What kind of things do you teach there? Well, I'm actually just get, just getting ready to go down there uh, in, in a couple of weeks. I teach a program a couple times a year called uh, Communication for Leaders, which is a, uh, an executive ed program that, that helps leaders with uh, presentation skills, answering difficult questions and crisis communication, and social media. Did you think you were going to be doing this when you were writing for the Boston Phoenix in 2001? <laughs> I did not. I thought I was going to stay a newspaper reporter, and then and then uh, the the future just uh, yanked it out from under me, and I adapted. <laughs> Very good. All right. So we've talked about establishing a brand identity. We've talked about doing blogging and podcasting and consulting. The next part is called extending your reach and impact online. 
And the first thing you talk about is creating an online course. How do you know if you've got enough? It sounds like a pretty big process to create an online course. It, it certainly can be, um, but the secret to creating an effective online course is making sure that you do not make the common mistake of creating your course, spending hours and hours and hours and doing that, and then unleashing it to the world only to discover that they do not want it. Um, what you want to do instead is uh, first survey your audience to find out what they're actually interested in, and then number two, run a small pilot first to validate interest before you go all in on creating something that's that's you know this huge behemoth. So maybe give an example of a successful online course either that you've been involved in or some piece maybe somebody you profiled in the book. Yes, yeah, so so building an online course was actually uh, one of the chief motivators for me in writing Entrepreneurial U. I, I had been interested in that for a while. I wanted to learn how to do it effectively. And I thought, you know, writing a book would be a great opportunity for me to interview some of the, the leading lights in that field and learn how to do it the right way. And so I really kind of made myself the first guinea pig of, uh, of writing Entrepreneurial U. I, I did the interviews in uh, January and February of 2016. And then I used that information to launch a pilot of my recognized expert course in April of 2016. And then I launched the full course in September of 2016. At this point, about 150 people have been through the course. So we've built up a really great uh, community of, of folks. Um, but what I really have learned, I mean, this this is very much the the wave of the future. Even the courses that I have taught at Duke, you know, various ones in executive MBA programs, are increasingly moving to a kind of hybrid model where they're partially taught in person and partially taught online. Um, so getting ahead of this curve, I think, is uh, is a valuable thing to do. And how do you launch it once you've created the course? Well, ultimately, uh, when you've done the pilot, uh, you've been working very closely with a small group of, of students who, in exchange for extra attention, because it is a small cohort, um, they will agree to give you a lot of feedback about the course, you know, what they liked, what they didn't like, um, any places where they were confused. So you, at this point, have gotten validation that number one, uh, there's there's people who are interested in the material and are willing to pay you for the material. And then number two, you have tested uh, the material that you've put together so that you know that you are creating something that, uh, that makes sense to people, that people find helpful. So you're in a pretty good position to do a full launch. Uh, so typically what what the right way to do it is, is that you will launch it first to your internal audience, meaning, you know, your, your email list, your social media followers, because they're the people that you've built up trust with over time. They are going to be the most sympathetic uh, and interested in any product that you create. So you typically would run uh, a cohort of, of the course on your own uh, with your with your best fans see how that goes. And then if it does go well, um, oftentimes you might do then a so-called joint venture launch where you recruit partners who have similar audiences and you get them to promote the course in exchange for a uh, percentage commission on um, any of the courses that they help you sell. So that's kind of affiliate model, right? Exactly, yes. So to talk a little bit about creating affiliates, both that you are an affiliate of others and that getting affiliates to sell your stuff. How does that work? 
Yeah, absolutely. So for affiliate marketing, this is something where it might it might feel a little mysterious to people at first, but ultimately it's it's just a product of getting to know other people in your industry. And so these are folks that um, you know, ideally you're, you're building relationships with them long before you go to them and say, hey, you want to be an affiliate? Um, it you want to have the relationship in place so that it's really more um, just reaching out to a friend who wants to help you. So if you're going to industry conferences, for instance, you might be meeting uh, some of these people. If you are uh, involved in online communities of of one sort or another, you might be interacting. Uh, But what you want to find, ideally, is someone whose whose uh, audiences are complementary to yours. You're not doing the exact same thing, but they uh, the people who are in their universe also would be interested in your kind of thing, and that you jibe with their style. Um, you know, for instance, if you're sort of a, a, a soft sell here, let me give you the facts and the education kind of person. You certainly don't want to do an affiliate promotion with somebody that's going to be a a real shark and uh, and is always kind of a hard sell person. Uh, because once you hand your um, your list over, uh, you know, for, you know, you promote that person. You say, "Oh, this person's great," and then uh, someone signs up for it. You are likely to get going to get blowback from your audience because they're going to say, "Why did you recommend this guy? He sent me seventy five emails," and uh, and it, it tarnishes your reputation. So you have to be careful both of a content fit and a personality fit. What are some other digital products, things like eBooks and so on, that? you can use to uh, kind of create passive income once these things kind of sell themselves. Yeah, certainly. So uh, in addition to online courses, of course, uh, there there are eBooks. That's a, a great way of, uh, of doing things. There's uh, online communities. Um, this is something that's a, a business model that lots of people love because it's a recurring revenue model. So if you have an online community that uh, the people really love that's become uh, a part not just of how they get education but how they find community in their business life then you have a a good business model because you can typically predict what the attrition rates will be and therefore predict what your monthly income going forward is um, so those those are some excellent ways of doing it in fact uh, when it comes to ebooks one of my favorite stories in Entrepreneurial You is about a guy named Pat Flynn, who's now a well-known podcaster and blogger. Um, he was working in an architecture firm, and he actually ended up getting laid off in 2008. But the thing that was the saving grace for him was he had started a blog about how to pass a green building exam. And he had had this idea, hmm, you know, maybe I could create an ebook just collecting all of the blog posts, all the stuff that he had shared for free. And, you know, let's see if anyone would, would like to buy the ebook because it's more convenient to read. And so he put it out there. His first month that it was available, he sold $7,900 worth of his ebook. And it was this blessing for him because that was actually twice the amount of money that he normally made at the architecture firm. And so once he got laid off, what could have been a devastating blow was actually an opportunity for him to go full time into online business. In summing all this up, if you follow the advice that you've given an entrepreneurial you, what kind of a life can you live uh, that's fulfilling for you? 
Well, you know, the, the right answer, Jordan, of course, is, uh, is whatever life you most want to live. Um, the great thing about entrepreneurship is that it allows for huge amounts of autonomy. So if your goal is to make a ton of money, have a lot of employees, you can certainly optimize for that. But you can also similarly optimize for other things. And in Entrepreneurial U, I profile um, entrepreneurs that, that have made other choices. Um, I have uh, a woman who runs a very successful six-figure business and she loves yoga and she knocks off work every day at 3 p.m. and goes and takes a yoga class because she's able to. Uh, I've got people who are uh, parents of young kids and they're optimizing so that they can spend more time with their kids. It's really about freedom and flexibility to do the things you want. And you're saying it's more possible today than ever because of the Internet and because of everything we've talked about. Absolutely. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Dory Clark. She's a marketing strategy consultant. Uh, she speaks at the Duke University Fuqua School of Business. Uh, she's done several books, one called Reinventing You, Stand Out, and her latest one's called Entrepreneurial You. Uh, you can see all about her at her uh, website, which is doryclark.com, which also includes a self-assessment tool. Thanks so much. You've been a great guest on the Money Answer Show, Dory. Jordan, thank you so much. Thanks again. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.